Welcome to Cinebabble, episode 95. I am your host, Ken, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, freshly expelled freshman congressman, Clint Jones, a.k.a., as we've come to find out, George Santos. George, tell the world hello. Hi, uh, it's George here. Um, I mean, or Clint Jones or whatever alias I'm going by this week. Um, I think it's moving on to another point in my life where I'll have to come up with another thing. So we'll see where it goes. Maybe you should work on becoming a free man because it seems like jail time is imminent. And uh, it just it doesn't seem like that's going to work out very well for you. Well, for George Santos. But oh, oh, but my, not for Clint Jones. No. I no, see what you did we there. are not attached in any way other than, you know, physical bodies. Yeah, Clint, I have the weirdest story for you. So I, from time to time in the course of my work, yeah. officiate weddings mm-hmm. and I also officiate funerals. And I did a funeral and it was for a very nice, very nice old woman. Who was that lost this her weekend? Uh, it, was, it was the week before. Oh, okay. Very nice old woman. Yeah. And uh, she had lost her husband. And uh, I... I you know, talked to her the whole time and she's very sweet. She had given me hugs and she just, uh, apparently I did very well with the funeral and she was very appreciative. So we get to the graveside and I know this sounds dark, but hold on. Uh, and, uh, the funeral is done yeah. and, uh, I, you know, I tell everybody they can go Yeah. and, uh, this, this little old woman gets up and she wants to walk over and hug a family member. Mm-hmm. And by total chance, everyone, literally everyone yeah. within 10 feet of this woman just happened to walk in the opposite direction of this woman. Yeah. And so this bubble of emptiness just opens around her. Mm-hmm. And as she goes from the uh, artificial turf that they lay down around the grave Alrighty. to the real grass, okay, I notice this poor old woman is 100% going to fall. Uh-huh. And one of two things can happen. She can fall forward into the rocky grass, which is already uneven. Right. Or she can fall backward. And there's only one thing behind her. The grave? Yeah. (laughs) I, ignoring my already uh, aching back. Yeah. Realize what's about to happen. Mm -hmm. It was was, was like instinct. And I swoop in and, Mm -hmm. and catch this woman. Uh, and I feel very good about that because, as my wife pointed out, had she taken a tumble into the grave, right, she would have landed on top of the casket or under. I can't remember which way it was yet. Uh, either one would have been really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we wouldn't have been able to get her out because we would have been worried about neck and back injuries. We would have had to leave her in there mm-hmm. while the ambulance arrived. Uh, uh, you know, it, it, it was it destroyed my spine. But yeah. I, I felt for the first time in my life like a real hero, Clint. <laughs> You've always been my hero, and now you. you are the world. You. That's amazing. I went to the doctor. Now, this was just two days ago. <laughs> yeah. And I'm talking to the doctor, and the doctor's like, okay, did you injure your back? Because it's really mm-hmm. flared up. And I'm like, yes. And she said, okay, well, how did you injure your back? I proceeded to tell her the story I've told you. Uh-huh. Uh, for 10 minutes, this woman could not stop laughing because she was trying to figure out how to record this in my medical records. Uh-huh. And finally, she came up She came up with caught widow from falling <laughs> in an open grave. And she just could not stop laughing, uh, which was emasculating. And uh, But again, didn't make me not feel like a hero. Hero. What would have been more emasculating is if you were the one who <laughs> fell into an open grave. <laughs> the widow caught me. Yeah. Like you or did a good me. deed. Yeah, that's true. And this is a 100% better true. story than how you initially hurt your back so yeah. many years ago, just taking out the trash. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So that 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 is it is a better story now than yeah. just I was wheeling two trash cans down the driveway. One started to fall, and being the man I am, I tried to catch it, and it didn't catch. That was an emasculating story. That's a very emasculating story. Yeah. Hero. Hero. Hero Ken. Clint. Ken Brown. I gotta ask. Yeah. What you watching about? Ken, we're gonna we're gonna keep it tight this week. Oh, tight because so, I've got like an hour max in this chair I'm sitting in before I start to scream. He's <laughs> it's a true story. True story. It is true. It he is. you fit me kindly fit me into your busy schedule after many cancellations. I did, and I and always injuries. feel bad about these cancellations, but I want you to know it was to save a widow. <laughs> and I I commend you for good, that. Good. I hero. Uh, Hero Ken Brown. Um, so I'm going to keep, I have one thing I want to recommend. Okay. That my wife and I okay. went to the movies, Ooh. which, so we um, had a last, we were supposed to do Thanksgiving dinner mm-hmm. with my in-laws and they canceled the morning because uh, my mother-in-law was sick. Mm-hmm. So they were like, we got a free day. So mm-hmm. we had a joyous day together out on the town and we planned to go to the movies that evening. And my wife is a little particular about things she watches just because of stress mm-hmm. inducing movies are not the best yeah. for her. She has a lot of anxiety and, um, and just this time of year, there's not a whole lot coming out, but one thing had jumped out at me and I had seen the previews for it and I was really ex- kind of excited about it. It looked okay. like a very joyous holiday movie. And this is the holdovers by uh, 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 Alexander, Alexander Payne. Payne. And this has uh, Paul Giamatti. And this is one of the best... (sighs) Putting it as just a Christmas movie is just really like taking a lot away from it because it's a really good movie that happens to be set at the holiday seasons. But man, this thing is such a joy. Like one of the most joyous films I've seen in a long time where you just really happy to spend time with the characters, even though like Paul Giamatti's character is kind of a miserable uh, guy, but like in the most delightful way, um, it's kind of a, um, almost in that Rushmore world because Mm. it is set at this prep school and uh, Paul Giamatti is a teacher there who's been there like his entire career and is infamous around the campus. And, um, and it's over the holiday season, and he gets stuck staying with um, a handful of kids who are not going home for the holiday mm-hmm. season. So he has to watch over them. <laughs> and there's one particular kid who is the basically the Max Fisher mm. of of this film, who um, is really a problem and like is always causing troubles. And it's just about them like really getting stuck together and um, kind of forming this really sweet relationship um and uh it's it's nails perfectly nails that it's set in 1970 in that whole uh the feel of that that time period Mm -hmm. and like down to the film stock and like it has a really lovely like kind of almost um uh the graduate style Mm -hmm. um score to it very like like lo-fi acoustic um uh kind of feel to Mm -hmm. it and it's it's wonderful, and awesome. I highly recommend it. It'll okay. probably soon be, you know, streaming. But if you had a, an evening and just wanted to kill some time, go see this okay. in the theater. It was great. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I also went to the movie theater. Uh, the boy and I. Uh, the, boy <laughs> the boy is a nineteen-year-old a history nut, uh, surprisingly, 
And uh, he really wanted to see Napoleon. Mm. And so we went. And Napoleon has gotten a lot of divisive response. Yeah. Uh, people have been really kind of up and down on it. Uh, and we were absolutely delayed with it. I'm actually excited for you to get to see it. Yeah. Because I could very much see where you were kind of on page with me, or I could see where you didn't like it. But I think it's going to be a different discussion than just, I liked it, you didn't like it. I, yeah. I think there are certain things I really responded to um, that I can definitely understand what people were missing from it and what they wanted mm -hmm. and what wasn't there. Um, but there's this really weird just kind of overlay of historical epic uh, that Ridley Scott knows how to film like nobody's business. Right. And this really weird, cold love story mm. uh, that's affectionate one minute and really kind of biting and scathing the next minute. And it's interlaced in between all of this history. Mm -hmm. uh, I, even I don't know if it's an entirely cohesive and effective use yeah. of these two stories. But I, I was shocked at how funny it was. Hmm. Uh, we were unfortunately in a theater full of a lot of old people that I think were expecting kind of a, a golden age throwback epic. Mm -hmm. They were not expecting a dark comedy. And it takes you a while to realize this is, wait a minute, this is funny. Yeah. But Levi and I are cackling hmm. like idiots in the theater. Yeah. Uh, and it just, we had a really good time. Uh, again, don't know if this is a great movie, but it was great for me. Uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. And so I'm I'm looking forward to covering it more and uh, especially once you get to see it. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm time. very interested in it, um, seeing it, um, but it hasn't, haven't got to see That's it yet. Right. Yeah. The, the weirdest thing for me, and I don't know why. I expect it to be any other way. Yeah. Uh, it's it's very much that kind of uh, back in the day where even though it's a film about a, a lot of people that are French, mm -hmm. they just all have English accents, <laughs> except for Joaquin Phoenix, who sounds like Joaquin Phoenix. Uh -huh. uh, and there's no effort to have any <laughs> French accent whatsoever from any human on the screen, mm -hmm. uh, maybe one or two. Um and it, you know, you kind of forget about it, but still the whole time, yeah, it just feels like we're past that, yeah, in cinema, right? And it's it's it feels kind of lazy, yeah. Uh, that's that's really my one criticism coming out of it is the whole time it's just like Joaquin Phoenix is already having so much fun on screen mm -hmm. in a very deadpan way, yeah. Uh, he is not trying to make it funny. It's just mm -hmm. man, this thing is funny uh, at times, and it just him with just the slightest French accent would have really. Just yeah, you almost know, want them to just for me. You almost want them to just like really lean into the you know everything about it and just go and yeah. get a bunch of French actors yep. who you might not know, but you know there's plenty of really great French actors yep. to fill in all the main roles. And oh, if you still got to put in Joaquin to get the funding or whatever, get him to you know he's a committed actor. I'm sure he could learn yep. some French or... Um, a French accent is not hard to affect if you're just adding a little bit in. He could yeah. have added just a little bit just to give it a... Yeah. If he was surrounded by French actors without sounding like Kevin Costner in Robin Hood. But, <laughs> uh, you know, just just a little bit. A little yeah. bit. Just yeah. a little bit more. But, yeah. hey, Ridley Scott's a grumpy old man now. And so I think he doesn't care. It's quite possible. It seems like the past few films he's been that grumpy old yeah. man who's he's just... just yeah. Sitting on his porch, yelling at other movies on his lawn. Like, ah, I did it better. It's a lot of Does that. Does he do that? A lot. Really? Yeah, in interviews, he's kind of, oh, he's really heard. being a douche. Mm. He's just like, man, somebody give Gramps his medicine. 
goodness. All right. Well, today. Can I, I'm going to interject. Of course. Quick interjection. Of course. As if on cue, because that's our new segment. Clint interjects. Go ahead. Ken. I'm ready. I think I hear something coming down the road. Oh, what is that? Oh, oh. No, you hear that I horn? hear it. I hear it in the distance. Oh, it is our old friend. We have not heard from this in such a long time. It's a trailer mm. trailer, Ken. Trailer trailer. I'm ready. Welcome to the trailer Okay, I got one trailer I want to talk to you about. I am ready and to hear we'll, about it. We'll speed through this okay. just as fast as that uh, oh, trailer man. trailer is coming down. This is getting really punny if it's the movie I think about. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, maybe you got something you wanted to add. Maybe. I don't know. What movie are you talking well, about? Well, I wanted to talk about Mad Max Furiosa. Also what I wanted to talk oh, about. Man. And since you're talking about fast and all of that good stuff, I thought you were just setting me right up for it. I was just oblivious okay. to what else How, I was what, saying. What was your reaction to this trailer? Not Furiosa. great. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Tell me more. Um, I feel like it has stripped everything that made me excited about the first one. Awesome, because I thought I was going to have that opinion and <sighs> you were going to explain to me why I was wrong. And I hope beyond hope, yeah. this is just a poorly cut trailer. I don't think it is. Hope beyond hope, Clint, with with just a reliance on kind of pre-finalized footage and they haven't got the color timing and they haven't gotten it synced up because they did a lot of compositing in the first film that you don't realize is compositing. This looks like bad compositing with a weird amount of CG considering the first one. I think it's just CG. Oh, I, I don't not. think, I, I think they're not. trying to match not. what they composited before with just CG uh, this time. That because would be... Oh, oh, that would be so insanely disappointing. I think it is. That's from okay. my opinion of seeing that trailer. And I've watched it a couple of times. Have you watched it large? Because yeah. I have not. Oh, I watched okay. it. That was the first time I watched it was okay. large on my television. And I was like, ooh, that looks, because my brother sent it to yeah. me. And I watched it. I was like, ooh, that okay. looks bad. No, I watched it on my phone. And I was really hoping, because I've only seen it once. I was like. Okay, maybe it's just small in my iPhone and your TV's bigger than mine. Yeah. Watch it on that because uh, you're not going to be happy. Because then I he he was like, "What do you okay. think?" And I was like, "That looks bad." Yeah. And then he's like, "Oh, it was like I?" He's like, "Oh, I just watched it on my phone." I was like, "Oh, watch it on a big screen because uh, the CG okay. is very apparent." And um, the only time I could tell it was super apparent on my phone was her arm. The, the arm, mechanical arm. The arm's the word. Other things I just, I kept thinking like, oh, that's not finalized compositing. It was just a lot of the the car stuff okay. and like some the action car stuff, like her, like underneath of it with a motorcycle, like that's just very apparently CG. You know? Okay. Or like it's in a set on a real vehicle, but it's not moving. That will be very, very disappointing yeah. if that is the end result. Because uh, I was very excited about this movie. I'm excited about any Mad Max movie he wants to turn yeah. out. And, and that's that's really... I really had hoped Fury Road wouldn't be kind of a one-off. But And I, I love the casting of this. I like I liked the designs and the looks that were popping up. I like Chris Hemsworth, uh, Chris Hemsworth looking super weird. Yeah, but, I wasn't uh, sure how I felt about the nose thing. Yeah. Like, maybe he'll be fun. I, I'm fine I with the casting. It's just that I, I feel like it just all of the energy of the first one that just yeah. felt like there's some real stakes in danger raw the desert that like and I'm not saying they didn't do stuff in the desert but it just feels like a lot of stuff has been enhanced uh, to, and maybe it'll be fun still but I just feel like maybe 
there was just no way to uh, do it like that again. There was also so much press about how miserable a time they all had in the desert and how much Tom Hardy and Charlize Theron argued. And I wonder if some of that put them in a position where they felt pressure to make it easier for the actors. Yeah. Because, I mean, to do, to film Fury Road the way they did, the fact that actors were miserable does not surprise me at all. Uh, I would only be surprised if actors were just like, man, what a vacation after watching the scenes in that movie. Right. So I wonder if it's a response to just making it a more comfortable production and Maybe. then it's lost that that edge. Yeah, that's I what, was man. really, man, I was really hoping you would tell me that, no, no, no go watch it on a big screen. and No, don't watch it on a big screen. <laughs> on it. Well, uh, this trailer trailer was a bummer, Clint. I know, because I was bummed after seeing man, that trailer trailer. I'm glad trailer. we shared this bum together, though. I know. I'm glad we were on the same page, at least. I feel weird about that sentence, though. I don't ever want to share a bum with you, Clint. That feels like you a, asked. I, I don't feel like we should pass a bum between us. That just, I, no matter what version of that word you take, it creates a problematic visual. Not even in like a Mad Max situation where... No. No? No. Uh, no. I'll, just, no. I'll just... Sorry. No reach out to another for me. No? Okay. All right. That's good. <laughs> That's good. I think I'll be the... You would look good in some assless chaps. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think I would look good uh, putting together a new farm with the first green that people have seen in a long time sprouting up through the desert and just welcoming desperate, hungry people to my shelter and saying, uh, now, son, kill them, and then we eat their meat. What do you know about farming? Not a lot. <laughs> we have a killer episode today. Uh, we are talking about Netflix and David Fincher's The Killer. We are talking about Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon. We are talking about Amazon Prime's Totally Killer and Cinetron. Damsels be killing. Damsels be killing. Uh, Damsel from 2018. This is not to be confused with the 2024 uh, movie that is starring uh, What's Her Face that was 11 on Stranger Things. But anyway. And like all, like 10 other films called Damsel. Yes, there's a lot of damsels out there. So let's start with David Fincher's The Killer. This is based on a graphic novel. And here's the plot synopsis. Solitary, cold, methodical, and unencumbered by scruples or regrets, a killer waits in the shadows, watching for his next target. Yet the longer he waits, the more he thinks he's losing his mind if not his cool. I don't agree with this plot synopsis That's a horrible synopsis. It does not describe the movie I watched whatsoever, Mm -mm. but that's what's here sitting in front of me. I was going to disagree with you with the first part, and then that part, I was like, what? (laughs) The whole thing. And that's why I specifically read this. I I didn't even want to go get another one. I read this, and I'm like, did I watch the wrong movie? Uh, This, surprisingly, it it fares well on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got a surprisingly low score on IMDb, uh, and it's kind of meta measure. Uh, This stars Michael Fassbender, Tilda Swinton, Sophie Charlotte, uh, Monique Ganderton, Arliss Howard, Charles Parnell. Uh, Clint, what did you think of something? I was really excited. I was really waiting for David Fincher's The Killer. What did you think of The Killer? You were, you were really waiting for it? I was really excited, genuinely. I Because it's a Fincher film. Not because uh, looking at anything about yeah. it made me think, oh, here's a whatever. I, just, I, I typically am uh, a big fan of what Fincher does. 
I I think I was hopeful, but mm-hmm. I haven't liked like the past few projects that he's done. Remind me what he's done recently. Um, you'd have to pull it up. Okay. I I just know, I know Social Network, Dragon Tattoo. I I really liked the, both of those. Well, I did. Oh, too, he the, did Mank. Yeah, I didn't like Mank. I now I'm and I didn't really care for what was the political thriller show. Mm-hmm. Now I know which one um, you're talking about. I did like. Um, Oh, what was the uh, FBI? Uh, uh, Mine Hunters. Mine Hunters, yeah. but that got canceled, and yeah. I don't even know how much he was involved. It's not with. officially canceled because they oh. still talk from time to time about yeah. doing the season. It's it's a mess. Anyway, so but I'm mainly thinking of Bank. Okay. I just did not like Bank. I didn't feel it was very finchery. I think we talked about it at the time, and I just I didn't enjoy it. No, I I didn't understand why it was on a screen. And. <laughs> In our <laughs> recent re- visit of Benjamin Button. Yeah, just like, I, I'm really trying to just ignore that. That's his true Alien 3. It yeah, just, yeah. Mm. So I was hopeful, um, mm-hmm. but I was just like, like being a little cautious because of like revisiting some of his mm-hmm. stuff and, um, and some more of his recent things where I'm just like a little bit disappointed mm-hmm. by it. Um, so... I kind of was putting off watching it, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, if I hear things good, they're good." Or, but I also didn't want to be swayed. So, I, um, I honestly, this is one of my favorite movies of the year. Really? Yeah. Ooh, okay, that is not where I thought you were going by your tone. Tell me more. <laughs> I'm throwing you for loops okay, here. Man. I like it. I like it. Um, this was everything I would want out of like a an assassin movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's somebody took a John Wick film and it was like, here's one for you, son. Here you go, Clint. Yeah. Here like you, you want something thought provoking mm-hmm. and where there's actual tension yeah. and there's mystery involved with the character and the cinematography is beautiful. The soundtrack is awesome. This movie is a looker. It's I I really like the the imagery and the 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 photography. Yeah, and uh, of it, everything. it's it looks really good in that Fincher way, but also I feel like he's doing new things yeah. and pushing things stylistically and cinema cinema in the cinematography of it. Um, but mainly, I I've watched this twice, hmm. uh, which is kind of rare for me these days. Mm-hmm. Like I, uh, but I really want to revisit it again, especially after. Um, uh, getting to the end of it because the first 30 minutes of it, I was scratching my head a little bit with it mm-hmm. and just trying to like grasp, like, what is this about? What, mm-hmm. like, what is the, I don't understand. It, it almost felt like one thing is this would be a going back in his career, it would be almost like a really great follow up to like Fight Club. Mm-hmm. There's almost a lot of like tonal and like thematic things that he's carrying through a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it getting to the end of it, I was just like kind of totally blown away mm. by it. Um, I loved the evolution of Michael Fassbender's character and like how it sets him up at the beginning. And you almost think he's monologuing to the audience. Yes. And then you get further in and like, and this is something I almost realized. I realized by the end of the first one, first time I viewed it, but the second time it really clicked for me that he's talking to himself. He's almost talking to him. Stream of conscious. Well, it's stream of conscious. And it's almost like him talking himself into being able to do the job. Mm Like, and this is what he has to do every time, almost like this mantra. Like, remind himself and push himself. And pushing himself that, like, this is what is required of me to accomplish this job. And I love how it goes further into the film, and it's almost 
he's he doesn't believe this anymore and he's in a relationship with somebody who he loves and all these things he's talking about at the beginning about you know society and like population and how he's not causing any kind of uh, change in the drop mm-hmm. of the bucket of population by anything he does. Um, and almost like this very nihilistic worldview. And you just, it almost just feels like he's talking himself into this. Yeah. And I love by the time you get to the end of the film and where he's kind of completely almost in how he's thinking done a 360. Yeah. Um, but I've been listening to the soundtrack for this like nonstop. <laughs> like I, it's yeah. um, uh, it's Atticus, Atticus Ross yeah. and um, um, but Which it's, he's done almost all of his soundtracks. Oh, um, from from the Social Network yeah, on, yeah. like he, they've done a lot together, yeah. and um, um, yeah, it's great. What did you think about it? Uh, same. I I had a very hard time when the movie started. I really. I could feel my mind turning on it, turning mm. against it. I never did that. It it felt from the get-go, it felt pretentious and confusing. And I could not for the life of me, because I took it as narration to me and the audience, mm. I could not for the life of me find a foothold where I could track the logic of what he was saying. It, like you though, as soon as I started to reach the end of that first vignette or that first segment. It dawned on me, oh, 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 okay, I see what he's doing now. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I very much want to watch it again. And so that allowed me to kind of forgive the the little irritation that I had built up over – because it's a long opening segment where it it sticks in that mode. And it doesn't give you a lot to to work with until the very end of it when you realize, okay, this is how it's working. And then I appreciated it from there on just like you were saying where he's almost trying to talk himself into something i love that aspect but i feel like in any other movie uh without that nihilism and without that kind of david fincher uh impulse it would have easily been a setup to him swaying in a moral direction Mm -hmm. and while he does make some interesting decisions uh, he also makes some very hard, dark decisions that really surprised me. Mm. Uh, there's there's one character in particular. I was really convinced he is not going to kill this person. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly uh, this person's walking down the stairs and pop, gone. And it just, it really, even though I've been with this guy, even though I've watched him kill people, even though I've heard his mantra, I really thought this person had somehow escaped that fate. And then suddenly, no, he he knows what he needs to do. But he's also a very trained in yes. this, in the art of what he does. Yeah. And he knew that what she was doing yeah. too. So he yeah. was aware he, that there was no possible yeah. way he was going to get out. Yeah. As much as he's talking to this character and... Um, he wants ha- to believe. Ha- and, but he, he, I think, has a connection and yeah. empathy and that we're kind of the same side of the card. Yeah. But... In that way, too, he knows that she's going to do what she has to do, too. So there's, like, he's, neither of them are going to walk away clean from that interaction. And that, and that's something where um, I, I think, like, I could I can imagine the two other versions of this movie. Mm-hmm. One where it's Hitman with a heart of gold that goes good. I did not want to watch that no, movie. No, neither. And the other one where it's sociopath Hitman. I did not want to watch that movie. Yeah. Somehow this threaded that needle. He is not a sociopath. 
He has emotions. He has empathy. He's a real human boy. Uh, he's a man who took a job that yes. was offered to him. And he's good at it. Yeah. And he has learned systematically to dehumanize targets to be able to do the job. Uh, and I, I appreciated that genuinely professional approach to the <clears throat> character. And I also appreciated that while, I mean, this this movie does deal with his morality and what's he going to be and where's he going to go with this, but it doesn't in a way that you, it, it doesn't feel cheap. It well, doesn't feel it, like the whole arc is just to take the bad guy and make him a good guy. It doesn't do that. It just, the everything he's saying at the beginning is so important. Yeah. And that's why that I honestly love, like it took me the first time understanding that first half hour mm-hmm. um like i'm like what is he talking about and yeah. why is he talking about this and it the pacing of it yeah. is um it t- really takes its time in yeah. that and then it gets to like later in the film and you're really like breaking down what those things he was saying like it never is that he's becoming a good like moral person it's that everything he's saying about like society and how um you have like keeping your distance from it all mm-hmm. like you can tell that he's like as you get into the into the story farther and you know it's the crux of like what he has to do the rest of the film um after what happens in is it france mm-hmm. um that he he doesn't believe it fully just because like it's just a minute he's not a moral good guy but there's a thing in his life that has threaded its way into um break it down a little bit yeah yeah and that's all like he's like he could he might still just do the job sure. as a freelancer mm-hmm. but to the degree of like like the line um i don't i give a fuck yeah he doesn't believe that anymore. Um, well, and this was also one where I I believed in these people. Yeah. They are John Wick adjacent. There there is a similarity there, but not by any means a homage or trying to reach that level. No. It's something where it's just like this is the real world version of what uh you know a a John Wick assassin would be. And the reason I say that is because there is a moment in this movie where he gets in a straight fist to fist. One of the best fight, fight scenes I've... One of the I've, best things I've ever seen. It It is highly choreographed and masterful. Does not feel choreographed. Does not feel blocked. It It's just so... Down to the cinematography, yeah. that's one of the things I was... When I mentioned, yeah. like, cha- like, him evolving as, like, in his filmmaking. Like, I loved the weird... There's a weird... Um, uh, just atmosphere to this film. Mm-hmm. Like there's things that are out of focus and blurry mm-hmm. and dreaminess to it that yeah. I love. And in that fight scene, it's there. And I love the moments where the camera is kind of attached to the action. Yeah. And like, he's bashing him against the yeah. wall and it's doing that like shining ax against the door yeah. kind of thing. That's so, it was so cool in like, like jarring and effective. Yeah. And, and that's why I brought up John Wick. I like the John Wick movies, but I I have a problem now after watching this because I realized what I didn't realize I was missing from the John Wick movies. But everything is so slick <clears throat> and so choreographed and so 
executed as if he is some sort of future teller mind reader. Yeah. That it makes for impressive stunts, but you lose that sense of realness, rawness, and stakes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the idea that this person could, could really die uh, with any wrong move. And this movie, in that one scene, because it's really the only scene of, of high physicality. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is not a movie where he is, uh, you know, going rough and tumble with every person that he meets. Most of them are very quiet, very still, uh, that just have a sudden burst of violence. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is a very drawn out fight scene. Uh, but unlike John Wick, it it feels as if these are two human beings actually battling for their lives. Yeah. I, I did not feel like I was watching actors uh, perform a staged fight for an intense scene. Yeah, and I loved in that fight, you could feel the difference in fighting styles yes. between this brute of a yeah. man and um, in Fassbender's, who's like this lean, just like who's probably studied, you know, some kind of martial arts yeah. and he knows how to, you know, defend himself and everything, but it's still like he's up against this man who's a wall, basically. I heard uh, or I read uh, a review where somebody described it as a mantis versus a bird. Oh, and right. I love that image yeah. because that's exactly what it feels like. It's this burly, large thing, yeah, and this very lithe, uh, more calculated, uh, limbed uh, fighter. Mm-hmm. And it just—that's. I was like, oh, what a cool image. Uh, but yeah, not to get too hung up on that scene or any one of the scenes. This is one where I loved all the chapters. Uh, after the first one, I think going back, I'd love the first one. But oh, I, it's, I, it's great, and it doesn't I, yeah. feel as long. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I I love all the chapters, but even though at the time, it, you know, they may not feel entirely cohesive. By the end, it's just like, oh, those were perfect, and everything organically led from one to the next. And I love that it just had that feeling of an investigation. Oh yeah, it's that like led yeah, it's him from detec- target to target. It's a detective yes. story, and yeah. it, it it flowed so well the second time. And I loved it wasn't relying on gadgets, technology. It wasn't relying on uh, high end disguises. I mean, essentially, he's got a hat, and he just takes the fact that there are thousands of people around him. Yeah. And yeah, you're I, probably not going to find it. I love that when he's talking about his look and he's like, yeah, yeah this is based on a German. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, he's just hanging out in plain yeah. sight. And I don't know. There was, there was just so many touches to this movie where it, where it is high fantasy action, but it's so grounded that it, it doesn't feel that way at all. Um, it doesn't feel like a comic book adaptation. I, I didn't even know it was a comic book yeah. adaptation. And it, I, and even then, it's a French graphic novel, I believe. Oh, okay. So it's that's a different kind yeah. of, of tone. But um, I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure. I also like, what, and I don't know if it was an intentional or anything, but almost like this kind of, you know, maybe I'm getting a little too pretentious my own, my <laughs> own self on this, this breakdown of almost the capitalistic system mm-hmm. of this man who... At, is like a lowly worker at the bottom who is hired by this, you know, mogul at the top to do this job, but is like faceless to him. Completely separated Completely from each other. Completely separated. And yeah. he, um, when it doesn't, you know, things don't go as planned, he is, you know, he wipes it under the rug. Yeah. And then it's like about this, you know, man who also, Fassbender almost considers himself like a one percenter mm-hmm. at the beginning of that. And I love how it breaks down to where he gets to the end and he's like, realizes like, no, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. not. And I'm happy about that after 
how everything unravels around yeah. him. I thought it, that was maybe not intentional, yeah. but I feel like it's kind of threaded throughout that. All right. Well, that was fun. I'm very pleased that you enjoyed that because I really thought with your your intro and build up that like, uh-oh, <laughs> here we go. Well, Clinton, I got to enjoy a movie that mystery. I'm about to... I love it. I, I'm genuinely edge of my seat every time. I mean, not this time because, you know, pain. But generally, <laughs> our next movie is Martin Scorsese's uh, new flick, Killers of the Flower Moon. Let's see if this synopsis works better. Real love crosses paths with unspeakable betrayal as Molly Burkhart, a member of the Osage Nation, tries to save her community from a spree of murders fueled by oil and greed. I don't like these synopses, Clint. Yeah, this is a bad one, too. That's a bad one, too. Yeah. Uh, this is from Martin Scorsese. Uh, this stars Leonardo DiCaprio. Scorsese pops up. Uh, Lily Gladstone, Robert De Niro, Brendan Fraser in uh, a wild little appearance. Uh, Jesse Plemons <laughs> uh, and and some others oh, yeah. that you will certainly notice uh, their faces and recognize them. Uh, Clint, I believe both of us saw this separately in the theater. Uh, it's a long and What'd you yes. think of uh, Killers of the Flower Moon parts one, two, three, and four? Well, <laughs> all at once. All at once. Yes. Well, I um, really didn't have a plan to go see this film, mm -hmm. but I I was out of town at my friends and I got home and our electricity was off at the house. Like something had happened mm -hmm. with our bill and our electricity got cut off. Um, I promise we pay our bills normally. No, no, you're good. You're good. Um, all that George Santos money. Yeah, that's true. Um, I so I had everything. I you realize in those moments how many things you do that mm -hmm. really require electricity. Mm -hmm. um, so I I was like I got to kill some time before the electricity is put back on. <laughs> so I was like, okay, this is playing. I guess I'll go see this. I um, I have nothing better to do. It was kind of it was like the middle of the day on Friday. Um, me and several old people, but it was really quiet. Um, so I, I didn't were have... Were they asleep or were they just quiet? It's a good question. That's a dramatic pause. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't move or leave after I left. Did so you check their pulses to make sure? I thought that was out of line. Okay, probably. Um, I And I, I didn't have much intention to go see this because, like, I didn't really care for the Irishman mm -hmm. very much. And yeah, this either. felt like it could be Irishman part two, mm -hmm. just a different story, um, especially lengthwise. Um, I I liked this movie. Mm -hmm. I liked it. You liked it fine. I liked it fine. <laughs> I, there was things I really I enjoyed about it, but mm -hmm. it was almost like dressing around mm -hmm. the film not just like the the main storyline or anything i feel like this maybe had been like could have been a two-hour film yeah um but at the same time there's things that i enjoyed about the link that almost that made me feel like I was almost playing like Red Dead Redemption where you're just, just like wandering through, wandering through mm -hmm. sitting in this environment that I really like. Like, I think that was my favorite thing about the film is like, I feel like they really nailed the environment, the time period. And like, it, it really gave me a sense of what almost it would feel to live in this time period that I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed DiCaprio's performance mm -hmm. as a very kind of like uh, against type. Mm 
that like or not against type, but he moles. Well, he, he doesn't just he's not quicken. No, no, he's a very let's say a simpleton of sorts. He's simple. He's, I wouldn't go so far as simpleton. He's just. I think he's kind of a little bit. He's he's just a a, a laid back dude. No, he's that not. Doesn't have an interest in educational pursuits. There's things not firing upstairs. Uh, he's being, maybe. Yeah. Okay. And he's like, and people see this around him and take yeah, advantage yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. You I don't agree you. with that? Uh, I I think I had a little bit of a higher uh, opinion of him. Uh, <laughs> I I just thought he was one of those kids who grew up without ever really learning to communicate, and so communication came more difficult to him. Mm. Uh, but it wasn't a, a lack of intelligence. It was just a lack of education and communication skills, uh, which is it's, it's a fine line. We're not going to get off yeah. in the weeds on this. But I don't know. I think there wasn't – I think people – especially – I agree with you. It was, it was there because <laughs> it was something that allowed people to talk faster than him, think faster than him, and take advantage. Yeah. 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 He um, was malleable. Yes, he was malleable. Um, but the story of this film was not what I was expecting yeah, it to be. yeah. It's I was not what the trailer suggests. No, I was expecting it to be this man who falls in love with the, um, this Native American mm-hmm. woman. And when this community is kind of coming against them to take what take away what rightfully belongs to mm-hmm. them, and uh, kind of a community war breaks out, he stands with her. Yeah. It is not that film, no, which is, is what the trailers make it out to be, they too. They sure do, because they want you to bring a date. Yep. This is not a date movie. No. No. This is a man who is uh, slowly poisoning his wife yeah. and yeah. kind of doesn't notice that he's doing it yeah. almost. This is a movie you take somebody to when you want them to get the hint that you don't want to be with them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was a fine movie. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. It's fine. Uh, I was impressed with things like you're saying about how it's it's a very different movie than what it seems. I understand why they're trying to trick people into seeing it. Um, but at the same time, if you're trying to lure people into a movie this long, why? Yeah. Just show them what the movie is. And if somebody's going to come for an almost four-hour movie, they're going to come anyway. I feel like there is a a really great 2.15, maybe 2.30 movie in here. Um, And I agree with you. It's not necessarily what gets the most screen time. Um, But but it's it's one of those things where I think – Scorsese was more interested in capturing kind of a photograph of a time period and an event and a struggle more than he was telling a uh, gripping or lean story. And I think and, uh, maybe that's he, fine. I, I don't have a problem with that. Me too. Maybe I maybe it should have been a five part miniseries yeah. or something. I think go longer and make yeah. it a miniseries. It would have been effective. I think go shorter, make it a feature film. It would have been effective. Yeah, uh, or both because apparently, like Napoleon is two and a half, and it feels that way, but supposedly Ridley Scott has a four-hour cut. He mm-hmm. is 100% keen on releasing. Do both. You know, we live in an age where you can give both experiences if you want to. I, I think I would have been more interested in seeing that um, because my brain is trained now when I go into the theater. I expect a certain type of experience because now at home, when I watch a miniseries or, or a, you know, mm. something that's just four to six episodes or eight episodes or whatever, um, my brain blocks off that content in a different way. And it, ta- it absorbs the art differently mm. than if I'm sitting down for one sitting. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I just I appreciate knowing what I'm 
expecting. And this kind of felt like it was hung between those two things. I, like, as far as the time um, amount that's Mm -hmm. allotted to this film, like, it felt much better to me than The Irishman. Yes, The Irishman drags. That drags. This, This doesn't drag. No. Like, I was interested in, like, like I liked all the, uh, not liked, but I was interested in the characters and the yeah. dynamics between them. And, um, like I said, even when it was more focused on the air of yeah. the environment and the this town, I re- that stuff I really yeah. liked. Yeah. And um, I thought they nailed that, like I said. Um, so those mo- those kind of things kept me going throughout it. And also because I was killing three and a half hours or whatever, yeah. I wasn't feeling the clock yeah yeah go yeah yeah so uh yeah i'm same place with you um i i unfortunately after watching this i think it was that night watched our uh Sinatron western uh, mm. but we'll talk more about that here in a second <laughs> uh so let's move on to totally killer this is a uh sort of horror sort of comedy that popped up on amazon sort of sci-fi sort of time travel um it's on amazon prime 35 years after the shocking murders of three teens, an infamous killer returns on Halloween night to claim a fourth victim, a girl's mother, who narrowly escaped the killer the first time. When 17-year-old Jamie comes face-to-face with the mass maniac, she accidentally stumbles into a time travel machine and finds herself back in time when her mother was a teenager. Can she stop the murders, or will they all happen again? Now that is an accurate plot synopsis. (laughs) I don't know if it makes for a good movie. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, this is from director. This is my favorite name ever. And I have no idea how to say it. But I am going to phonic my way through it. Okay. Na Nat Chaka. Na Nat Chaka Khan. Na Nat Chaka Khan. Yeah. Na Nat Chaka Khan. It's a good that name. That is fun. Yeah. Uh, this is, this stars uh, Kiernan Shipka. Mm-hmm. Uh, making it no easier for me to say things correctly. Olivia Holt, Charlie Gillespie, Julie Bowen, uh, Liana Liberato, Lachlan Monroe, because why not? Just more names for me to bumble through. Mm-hmm. And Troy Lee and Johnson Clint. Uh, this is one I very hesitantly suggested. You did? Because I did have some fun with this. Mm. Uh, what did you think of Totally Killer? Um, I didn't like this film. <laughs> And I really take a lot of offense that this has this almost the same Rotten Tomatoes score as The Killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This film yeah. was was one tell second. Me, tell me, to, because because okay. I'll tell you the reasons I liked it, and right. and not by saying it's a good film. All right. I I you know I I told you it just there were certain things about it that made me laugh. All right. It was late at night. It was free. I didn't expect time travel. I'm like, hey. Scream with time travel. Why not? So, so again, not having to defend that this is a great film, because it is not. No. Uh, I, I would like to hear uh, what made you want to plunge a knife into uh, its cold, cold heart. Well, the first thing was it was at certain points overly dramatic. Mm-hmm. Like it's trying very hard to make you care about this girl and why she is like so distraught about the death of her mother, Mm -hmm. which you should be, but at the same time, then it's trying to have its cake and eat it too by being like goofy and funny. But at the, another at the same time, none of it is funny. (laughs) They, why didn't they hire a single comedic actor for this Mm -hmm. film? 
And the only joke that they keep doing is like, oh, can't say that anymore. Man, things have changed since the 80s. Can't do that anymore. And it's just like, that was working for me, man. I don't know why, because I agree with you. It's overused. But for some reason, I was just a sucker every it, time. It was never funny to me. <laughs> and it made me feel like why people hate the term woke. It, oh, interesting. Like, okay. it's like what people, it's like kind of like what people think woke is, is like, oh, you can't do that. You can't yeah. do this. It's like, no, well, what? Okay. It's just like, it's pointing about out a bunch of things that have, okay, yes, have changed. We, okay. Yeah. We can't say that anymore. Mm-hmm. Is that a joke though? No, it's not a joke. That's just an observation. It wasn't funny to me. And I, like, it wasn't off the wall enough with like the time travel thing. Like if it was like hot tub time machine mm-hmm. or something like that, where we're clearly like having fun with this premise. It just, yeah. I, I just didn't enjoy it. It needed another draft. It needed some things kind of brought together. Uh, there, There's ways it could have streamlined and been funnier. And you're totally right. And last night I wanted to brush up on this. Uh, and so I started it and it was probably 15, 20 minutes into it. Yeah. And out loud alone in my basement, uh, in the movie room, I said, Oh, I've made a mistake <laughs> and I'm not going to retract anything I said. Cause a lot of people like this movie and I liked it the first time I watched it. So I'm not about to Thor, you know, love and thunder this and retract any of my previous opinions. But I will tell you upon second viewing, mm-hmm. You made a mistake. This this was not the film <laughs> that I recall <laughs> the first time. Well, so, uh, you know. This is the thing. If she's going to go around pointing out things that are like, uh, okay, culturally have changed and we're more sensitive to now, mm-hmm. then go outlandish with it. And like, ha- you need to have the other actors who are doing these ridiculously mm-hmm. offensive things be funny. And none of them are funny. It's just her pointing out like, oh, shouldn't say that. Can't say that anymore. (laughs) I hear you. I hear you and I feel bad. And I bought you this gift as an apology. Yeah. Um, I know it's small and it looks like a ring. It's not. I don't know what to do with this. Well, just shove it in your pocket. Don't actually open it. There's nothing in there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, with that horrible, regrettable decision out of the way, uh, it's seriously not that bad, but it's bad enough. To Uh, me, let's go. If you watch enough comedy, that's good. Then let's continue down the Rotten Tomatoes vine further and further into the descent of percentages and go to 2018's Damsel. I'm curious if you. We'll line up with Rotten Tomatoes on this one. Here's the plot. Samuel Alabaster, an affluent pioneer, ventures across the American frontier to marry the love of his life, Penelope. As his group traverses the West, the once simple journey grows treacherous, blurring the lines between hero, villain, and damsel. (laughs) Uh, This stars David Zellner, Robert Pattinson, uh, one of my personal favorites, friend of the show, uh, Nathan Zellner, Mia Wazakowska. Wazakowska. She's a great actor, and I should know her name by now. Uh, One of the final appearances by uh, beloved Robert Forrester uh, and Gabe Kastorf. Uh, who I recognize his face, but I haven't heard his name. Clint, uh, what was your uh, what, what was what was your experience with Damsel? What'd you think? I'm always willing to give a movie, but with Robert Pattinson a shot, 
Heck yeah. I And I like Mia Wasikowska quite a bit. Like mm-hmm. I've seen her in numerous things and she's mm-hmm. been enjoyable. Um, there, I honestly, there's a lot I really liked about this film. Okay. I really, the I enjoyed the quirkiness of the tone and I, I think it was actually shot really beautifully. Mm-hmm. Like it really captures that like majestic Western um, landscape really beautifully. Um, I liked Robert Pattinson's character quite a bit. Um, and I'm not going to give anything away with this, but there's a mid-film kind of switcheroo mm-hmm. in this that I really enjoyed that twist to it. Um, the thing that, and this is nothing against um, Mia Wasikowska, uh, I thought she was fan- really good in the film, but they didn't give her enough. When she takes yeah. up the film um, and is a, a bigger part of the film, they don't give her enough to do. Yeah. And I feel like if they had really given her character something to bite into the second half and she needs, she has a journey to go on herself, yeah. it would have been, I would have been praising this film a lot. Because I really enjoyed the first half of this quite a bit with uh, Robert Pattinson in this, uh, his character um, Samuel and his him in this preacher that he's hired to come mm-hmm. along on this journey, um, and their their relationship was really interesting. And um, but I just felt like the second half didn't have enough to do in it, yeah. and it almost was just drawing it out. And there was moments in it I really liked um, in that second half, but it just didn't have enough. But I, I didn't regret watching this film. I, I thought it was worth watching. I think it has like a sixty something on yeah, Rotten Tomatoes. 68. I'd give it a seventy. Yeah. Um, but it was it's decent. Yeah. What do you think? I also like the first half. I like the uh, the mid film juke. Yeah. Uh, I just felt like the juke there, the the twist or whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's it's really just a a change in expectation or a breaking of expectation. Yeah. Um, I feel like the the writer writers i haven't checked but i feel like uh there there was a real handle on what the movie was mm-hmm. and what they wanted it to be the filmmakers and then i feel like they had this great idea for this switcheroo and didn't really know what to do after yeah and unfortunately if if it had been the other way around somehow and the first half of the film just felt kind of aimless and then it really found itself in the second half i could love that too yeah but it's a real problem when the first half of your movie you're really enjoying Mm -hmm. and then you have that drop of the floor to kind of a, a lesser experience Uh, Mm Because you're going to compare it to the first half the whole time. And that's what I did. And it's, again, just like you said, it's not the cast's issue. It's not the cinematography. It's not like the filmmaking is suddenly bad. It's just, it's it's a failure of of screenplay. And maybe there's something here that I'm just really not grabbing. I don't think there's a lot to grab. Um, Like, yeah, there's (sighs) moments in that second chunk I liked. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But it doesn't turn into a bad movie. No, no. It just turns into a very kind of direct-to-video average kind yeah, of feel. It, if they had given her a clear like path yes. that she needed to go, like, I need to get here now. Yeah. This is my contingency yeah. plan in yeah. case this thing had happened. And it and would I'm have alone. to have 
compelling events occurring yeah. along the way. And I felt like that was another thing that was missing. It was still slightly episodic in that journey across the country kind yeah. of way or across the desert or whatever. But the the second half's episodes or or pit stops or whatever you want to call them weren't as uh, intriguing or interesting to me. Uh, yeah. I just it, the the whole thing it was it just kind of deflated. It was yeah. a kid playing with a balloon. You're having a good time, and then somebody pops it. And you're like, oh, there like there, there's things in there like, like moments between her and the other yeah. couple characters with the, playing with the yeah. idea of damsel that I really enjoyed. Where they're both still not kind of getting who she is, and they're like you know offering things to her, and she's like clearly like I don't need what you are trying to give me, yeah. and the, and those. Those kind of things really amused me. Um, yeah. Uh, but even still with that, there was there there was kind of a lovely moment at the end. And I think that was a lot relying on how well it was shot and the musical score and stuff. And it was yeah, like, yeah. if... I, I would agree with you. I just, it, it felt too little too late. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. But like, I had an emotional reaction at the end, but I think it was all due to cinematography and imagery and yeah. music. Yeah. And it wasn't so much what had happened in that second half. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, one more time, uh, sliding down the Rotten Tomatoes vine, <laughs> uh, the killer, Clint and I very much enjoyed. I was very happy to hear Clint uh, had dropped it on his top 10 list, or it'll probably make his top 10 list. Yeah. I haven't even gotten to put it in over there, see where it falls, uh, but agreed. Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, it's fine. Good. Yeah. Good. It's good. It's, it's not a bad movie. No. Uh, it, it did not turn me off like the Irishman did. Uh, it just... Um, I don't know. And again, just like Ridley Scott, uh, Martin Scorsese is another one who is really open in his criticism of other films and types of filmmaking and things like that, which is fine. He's certainly achieved that. But isn't it mainly like superhero stuff? It is. And I don't blame him for that. (laughs) I I know. But again, at the same time, if you're going to critique openly as a filmmaker somebody else's work, like yours has to be really on point. And I I feel like that draws, that drew more of my like ire that he's gotten all of this press kind of picking at other types of films. And then here's Killers of the Flower Moon. And it wasn't anything that just moved my world. I think within the world of what he is trying to do, he is doing what, like, it's successful. Maybe, but didn't Guardians 3 make you feel compared to this but that's a different kind of film this is like an investigation of history and i know it's totally different it's just as a filmmaker scorsese has dismissed an entire canon of films and those films make people feel and killers of the fowler moon did not give me but i think he would admit that there's exceptions in that too i'm I'm sure he would like because but i wouldn't blame him for dismissing he doesn't watch those movies and then report he's also what an 80 year old man i i just if you're going to comment (laughs) about a film watch it that's all from the man who made last temptation of christ and had a bunch of people protesting him when they hadn't even seen the movie he at least can go watch uh, Aquaman or uh, the Marvels he, he before should, he talks about how terrible they are. That's what I'm saying. I'm not they, saying they're not terrible. The, <laughs> I'm just saying he should go watch them first. That's all. That's, that's all. Just, you know, put up a shot. There's plenty of movies there's I totally haven't seen killer, that are, are terrible. Totally killer, which Clint just despised and I regret sending Clint to. 
I think I still had a good time with it. I don't regret that. But uh, upon second viewing, uh, even just in part, I really should have realized that I was I was sending Clint in the wrong direction. And then finally, Damsel. Uh, Damsel is kind of a split movie and uh, a split reaction uh, for both of us, where we just we really like some things, really didn't like some other things. I liked it a lot more than uh, Totally Killer. Like everything, much more than Totally Killer. I it we're not going in that conversation because I agree with you, <laughs> but also. Uh, anyway, uh, so let's spin up Cinetron or are we, no. do we, no, because next time, uh, here's what we're doing. We've got a Christmas episode of Christmas episodes coming at you. Happy holidays. We're going to have a good time. I love we're how Ken's saying this, Christmas like we movies, totally know Jewish what it's going to be. Kwanzaa movies, just all the movies. We really have no idea what we're going to do. We just know it's going to be close to Christmas. So it's going to be Christmas Eve. Uh, and then, uh, right at the beginning of January, somewhere in there, when we get through our our holiday fun. We are going to do our best of 2023 lists, uh, which I always enjoy. And after a slow start to this year, and uh, even with the strikes and everything, I feel like this is a really good movie year. I have. It's okay. I don't know if you have you started to compile your list yet. No, I'd, I'd, see what you think because I, I also th- thought it was okay. And then when I started to put my list together, and I was seeing movies drop further and further down that I really enjoyed. I was just like, wait a minute. I think I'm going to have a hard time making a top 10 almost. Maybe. Like, because there's uh, a lot I, I just like. It's very possible. This is definitely much more of a movie year made for me, I think. Probably. Uh, now that I'm thinking about it. Maybe that's what it is. I'm having a hard time with my top 10 this year. Yeah, I think I'll have an easy time okay. probably. We'll find out. Maybe you'll be as surprised as I was. I love how you announced the like schedule of what things are going to happen. Yeah. But, but we probably won't even get to the Christmas to like next no, New Year. No. So. We will get – my back will survive a Christmas yeah. episode. Even though I have like gone from sitting up to like I'm haunched over the desk right now. Or the little recording Maybe table we or need like a little lavalier mic for you to wander around so you can. I, that doesn't help either. The one yeah. time I laid on the floor, that was nice. Well, we I might that do that again. next time. Yeah. But one of the cats wandered in here and just treated the whole room like a litter box. So I'm not really anxious to lay on this floor anytime soon. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. What are you going to do? Cats recording studio. Keep the cats out. Well, yeah. Easy for you to say, Congressman. <laughs> you and your money. All right. Well, this has been episode 95 of Cinebabble. Uh, as always, we enjoy hearing from you. Uh, you can find us at Cinebabble on Instagram, or you can find us on our uh, on the web at www.cinebabblecast.com. Uh, contact us either place. Send us some feedback. Let us know what fun Christmas things to do or Christmas movies to watch. Or do you have a Hanukkah movie? Do you have a Kwanzaa movie? Do you have a what other? I don't know what else is out there. Happy holidays. Whatever holiday you celebrate, do you have that movie? Tell us. Yeah, tell us. Is there a Christmas movie that is overlooked that Mm. we should get around to Mm. that we're missing somehow? Don't set us up for failure. Maybe good. Well, if you have uh, any ability to go to the theater, which I maybe not with your condition, Mm. go see The Holdovers because that's Mm. a great Christmas movie we could talk about. Also out of Silent Night. About uh, it's John Woo's return to filmmaking. I don't know if you've seen oh, anything about that. I it's getting really good buzz. I'm sure you will hate it. I saw the trailer and hated it. Okay, so. well there you go. Yeah. Joel Kinnaman, mute killer, revenging his daughter, killed. Yeah, after he was shot in the throat, can't speak. Silent night. <laughs> it's Christmas, kids. But it's like the whole John Wick family of people. So it's just going to be. I'm, I'm telling you, after that scene, the killer, I'm going to have a really hard time. With that style of action now, because 
it's it's going to feel false. Um, and that's where I've been this entire time. Well, you're ahead of the curve. No, and, uh, I'm not. You are. You're ahead of your time. I just know what I enjoy. Some of us are just simpletons, and we just lack the insight and vision of our betters. No, that's not what I'm saying, Ken. It feels like what you're saying. No, you're just to have a uh, a stronger ability for disbelief of you know of of the facts of real. Tell life. me more, PR agent Clint <laughs> Jones. I don't know. All right, this has been episode 95 of Cinebabble. I am going to go ice my back and scream a little bit. Uh, you kids have some fun and save widows from holes. See you later, Clint. Bye, Ken. Hero. <laughs>